Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano. It is an insider look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on hot topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly-veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. (laughs) Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wake that ass up in the morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Charlemagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building and yeah. friends in the room. Yes, indeed. We have Erica oh. Alexander back. Welcome. Hey. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Y'all in your king chairs. It's fabulous. We're going to have. Uh, Ch- uh, King chairs there too. Shortly, king and queen chairs. King and oh, queen chairs. Right. It's go. gonna spin though, because this is really not. No, it's, no, it's, it's not gonna spin. That's the only problem. Okay, it's that's the problem. Spin. These are just for look. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. <laughs> <laughs> so. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm I'm well and highly blessed and highly favored. I, I love the hair. Thank you. Mm-hmm. These are N. Ray Locks, the great Deborah Hair Bay. She created these. You actually seen these when I played uh, Max? They were in black. They were mm. yarn. Mm, this really? is yarn. It's just done in color. Yeah, because the <clears throat> the more it wears, the more it looks um, matte like uh, real locks. Mm-hmm. So it was a costume. I did Max not know was that. Always a costume. I thought that was your real hair the whole time. No, it wasn't. It was a hairstyle that I'd gotten right before I'd gotten the audition. Mm-hmm. And I came in with that look and it just worked for the character and wow. it became sort of synonymous with it. And then I've rocked with her for now 30 years and she's innovated on it. And these are the in ray locks. Did the executives mm-hmm. fight you then? Like, you can't, you can't wear dreadlocks on TV. Well, you know, they didn't uh, fight me because they had already fought Yvette Lee Bowser about the entire character. They had asked her to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. They didn't want Max. And she said, no, if you get rid of Max, you get rid of me because I identify most with her because I wanted to be a lawyer. She went to Stanford. So she said, okay, I'll put her across the street. Wow. Why didn't they want the character? They, they felt like the cat was too big already? Or? Too strong. Oh, wow. Too black, too strong. Wow. Too strong. They said the character's too strong. Wow. Get rid of it. And she said, no, why am I doing the show then? And so that was the compromise. So that's why you always saw her coming across the street. She was supposed to live in the apartment with the girls, but... Wow. The bullshit in Hollywood been going on for a long time. Long time. <laughs> like Somebody need to write a book. Oh, they have. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought about you the uh, the other day when um, Taraji was talking about speaking about against work conditions and getting paid your worth. Yeah. And uh, when you were here, I'm, I'm not sure it was the first time, a second time, a third time. You were comparing other shows and saying that these other shows are getting so much more money, but the ratings were pretty similar. So when you seen that, what, what was your thought? 
Um, well, I hate to think about it because uh, my heart goes out to her. I love Taraji P. Henson. Mm -hmm. She is right. Here I am crying. Mm -hmm. I'm crying because I hate to see black people in pain, anyone in pain, but especially mm -hmm. black people, because there is a systemic paradigm, a template that's placed upon us, and it acts upon you whether you know it or not. People try to equate it um, with, say, um, the contracts that athletes get, and that's the wrong thing to compare it to. People don't understand how it works, so they make all these assumptions. You negotiated that. You shouldn't have taken that. There's a floor and a ceiling already, and it doesn't exist based on merit or, say, um, performance. Performance. Mm -hmm. It's uh, based on uh, anything they could come with that, with that day, but it's based on mostly your skin color, your gender, and things like that. And um, it doesn't matter often what you've done and how much you've made, how much you've contributed to the, the culture, the overall American culture. None of that. It's random. And so it hurts to go and you do all that work, and then each time you go to the table, it's like starting at, at, uh, at, you know, at the base again. Um, I've gone through that my whole life, mm -hmm. and it... People say, well, it's because you haven't been successful in film in this way and that and that way. I said, is it really? Because I see people who have none of my success, none of my experience and or talent, and they get more coming in the door. Mm. So what is that? They didn't even need to prove themselves. Often they're getting offered these roles and we're still auditioning for it. And they have tons of tape on us. So uh, it's true. And uh, she's not the only one to speak about it. She won't be the last. Mm -hmm. And there needs to be something done. But unless you get it, at the root, meaning in distribution and creating a whole different system, then we are always working underneath that now you said something template. You said negotiate, right? So the, the first thing that most <laughs> people say is, is something that you said, you have to negotiate what it is. But the problem with negotiating, if they're not go negotiating anything close, do you not take a job? Do you not take an opportunity? Right. And when do you finally work if they're all negotiating at the same scale? That's right, but you know who does know those numbers? The agents, they negotiate all those contracts. And somewhere in there, there's a real conversation, a hard conversation about why they're starting their female and their uh, people of color, meaning their actors of color, their clients of color, at a lower, um, at a lower starting, mm -hmm. and that goes to how they see us, how 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 they value us, if they value us at all. Mm -hmm. I was told by someone who used to manage me for a very short time, but he said, "Eric, have you ever wanted to know why I didn't really do much for you?" was because I had three different partners from the same, this is a big management company, take him out to lunch to tell him they'd seen his roster of clients, mm -hmm. and they said, that's casting, that's not investing. Wow. And they all took him out. Can you break that down the difference between casting and investing? Meaning when we need them, mm -hmm. we can get them. Okay. We don't invest in their careers. There's no way that we want your time put in mm. those careers. So we don't want to invest as a, as a management company in that we don't want you spending your time. He was a black man. Mm. I've, I've heard that over and over again. So if they're already dissuading you from representing your people or the type of person, unless it's maybe somebody who's already crossed over big, mm -hmm. if you're not Will Smith, if you're not Denzel Washington, then they're basically saying don't invest in those people. Perhaps maybe uh, an athlete or maybe a singer might wow. make the cut, but not actresses because you're right. They can just go get someone else. If you don't take what they're offering next, Wow. Is it because there's, I, I was, I'm sitting there trying to think of who would be the, the black woman equivalent to a Denzel or a Will, like who's the person that has done three or four blockbusters that have made profit for, for, for a theater? Like I'm, I don't, or for, for a studio, I don't, I don't know. Well, maybe Halle Berry at one point, you have Berry, there. Yeah. you might say that Viola is in that space Viola. now mm -hmm. because she's done the help and she's also done Woman King. I don't know if those numbers meet the standard, but her life does. Mm-hmm. And um, if you just say, okay, when she put, she, she talked about it, she said, you know, Meryl Streep did this, I've done that. If you just sort of equate it with Meryl, the great Meryl Streep, no one wants to take anything away from her. She should be on par, mm -hmm. and I doubt she is. She's saying she's making a tenth of what her white female counterparts are making. Jessica Chastain famously linked her salary to Octavia Spencer so she could get her first payday. Wow. Why wow. is that? after she's gotten her Oscar. That's great, thank you. That's being not only an ally, but an abolitionist. You're, mm -hmm. you're linking your, you know, your star power to someone else to make sure that they get something, but that's uh, unacceptable. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. I, I, I saw, uh, I think I read American Fiction has made almost $6 million at the box office with a budget of like almost two, if I'm not mistaken. It's, it's The budget was more. I think it was over five. It was over five? Yes. Okay. And, but it is very critically acclaimed. But then I see like Book of Clarence had a budget of like $40 million, but they've only made $3 million at the box office. Color Purple had a budget of 140. They made close to 60. So what do you feel the route to go is when you're making black cinema? Well, first of all, we shouldn't call it black cinema. Mm -hmm. We should call it cinema. Mm -hmm. They've done that to television. When they started saying that we were on a black show, suddenly those marketing dollars went down here. Mm -hmm. When you're on the Jeffersons, when you're on uh, even Sanford and Son or What's Happening, those were shows on NBC and ABC. They were sandwiched right between MASH and other shows. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that that was a paradigm shift that actually harmed us. We're always using the oppressor's language to, d to define us. And um, black music, what's that? All this music is ours. But mm -hmm. it starts to categorize us and put, um, you know, it's redlining. Mm. If you can't get past that, and they already say it's a black show, they don't say it's a Chinese show. I don't see nobody saying it's black basketball or black football. Mm -hmm. Show me white football then. No, that's football. Soccer. Right. Saying, well, he's trying to say <laughs> white football, white football is soccer. That white football. There you go. Don't tell that to all those, you know, those uh, countries of color that's that right. play so well. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's what we're talking about. And that goes down to the, the myth that uh, we don't translate well overseas. But they don't say that about the music. You couldn't put a black, you, they would expect you on some sneakers to link that with a black player mm -hmm. because they're seen as the best. But no, we won't buy your stories. So then uh, they did in 12 Years a uh, Slave. Uh, they, uh, in other countries, they put Brad Pitt right center and big and minimized um, the lead character. Mm -hmm. And Brad Pitt was furious when he saw it. And he said, absolutely not, you're not gonna do that. But they've been doing that for decades. And so that's a problem. We shouldn't call it black cinema, we should call it gotcha. cinema. And we should also know that those marketing dollars and the promotion is not the same. Um, and when we are living single, unfortunately, we were mostly sent to cities of color, D.C., Atlanta. And we said, look, can we go to Peoria? Can we go to, we have fans all over, but they didn't want to spend the money. So then therefore, they're limiting their own bottom line. Why are they doing that? Because was the Cosby show a black show or was it a, te a television show? Mm -hmm. Just after that, they started to create the type of language and very distinctive around television shows. They had already done it with excuse me, with music, but around television shows. And we've paid the price. And um, unless we get in there and look at the system and diagnose the real problem, because it is systemic and it starts at representation and all those things that know those numbers and yet continue to offer their clients as less than valuable, then we'll never get past the problem. You're absolutely right. I, I wonder, you know, because a lot of times we do it out of a sense of pride, right? Like we say black music, uh, you know, black black film but i guess we're kind of doing that to our own detriment business-wise right saying a black book that's what american fiction party is about is that mm -hmm. he doesn't want to be in a category of black anything he wants to say i'm an author that happens to be black and tony morrison talked about it saying very famously that um everyone's seen the clip where the woman asked her would you ever write about white characters the way you write and she goes do you know no idea how insulting that is because mm. you would never ask a white author that but you presume that we want to be in your world. She said, I'm writing my book. And it's about the characters that I know. So it's not meant to be a book that's meant for black people. It's meant to be a book for everybody. Mm -hmm. But we don't say those things to anyone else. So black people are constantly being attacked by an American paradigm that's locked us in a black identity, which is an identity crisis for them. It makes them schizophrenic. They have no idea where to put us, but with music, that music is all of ours, rock and roll, punk metal, all of ours. So why are we excluded from country and see being seen as rock and rollers? Why is Little Richard demanding that even while he's passing away and can't make a living, can't pay his rent? And we have uh, Lisa Cortez make that great documentary. Um, but we shouldn't have to do that after they pass away. Mm -hmm. We should be working toward that right now to de destroy those things that are destroying us. I was going to ask, you know, we, we talk about all the time, and but now it, it seems like it's it's a lot different. We always say that we have to support our own, support our own movies. But from hearing from you, it seems like you're saying that 
we don't have the same marketing dollars. So a lot of times, a lot of our people don't even know our movies are out when it comes to, you know, the Book of Clarence that just recently came out or even The Color Purple that, you know, we don't get the same amount of marketing dollars that a, 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 a action box office movie oh, origin that's gets. coming out. I just knew it was outside of the, I think it was the Golden Globes passing out flyers for origin, mm -hmm. which is insane to me. Yeah. Wait, what are you gonna say? So I was asking, it's, so it doesn't necessarily mean that we're not supporting, it's a lot of times we're not aware of some of the stuff that's actually happened. That's what it seems like that you're saying, that it's not the fact that we don't wanna support or we can't support, it's, it's the fact that you know, we're saying that we don't hear about it, we don't have the same promotion, we don't know, it's not on our mind every 10 minutes like some of these other movies are, you know? Often that could be the case, but it's also not the level of sophistication that we deserve. Mm -hmm. They're not putting the marketing dollars into how they present it to us of a level of importance, um, allowing us to sort of have the same types of ability to take it in in a way that says not only is it important, we know it's important because look at how well that it's presented. We depend a lot on word of mouth, and black people have the least amount of time to watch movies and these types of things. We're doing so many things all at once that sometimes all you want to do is go home and watch the game. Mm -hmm. You don't want to step out the door. And yet we do support the film and television and the books that people are doing. We're great readers. We buy books and all these other things. We're willing to go to, to um, a lot of things. It says that we're 13% of this population. And many of us are incarcerated. Many of us are on huge um, burdens that have nothing, that, that take our numbers down. What they're not doing is promoting to white audiences. Why do, why do you think, this is the last question, why do you think they pick certain movies to do that on, right? Like, we talk about a couple of movies, but then I'm watching the game the other night and I see the Bob Marley movie and I see that prime time. So it, it's, you know, it's like, well, why do you promote this one and then not all of them, you know? It's, it, it was just always a, a thought to me. Yeah, but it's a great thought, Envy, because the truth is a lot of white people embraced Bob Martin. Mm -hmm. When they go down to tour, the, the tourists, they put that on. Mm -hmm. On love, on, and we know it. You know, <laughs> Every resort. Know it. Exactly. Every <laughs> resort. Together. You know, they know him almost better than we do. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't know that he's the, the son of a British officer. He's mm -hmm. mixed. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't know that about Bob Marley. We don't know about him. They should do a movie about him. They should advertise it every day. That's what they should do, like they did Black Panther. What they won't do is something that they don't value. They won't mm. do it to that, and they're all, if they've already made that calculation, then that's what you're seeing. And you can tell in the amount of power that's put, put behind it and where it's going. Um, black people shouldn't have to always save everybody, including us. We should have a right to sometime make choices based on whether we want to see something. Mm -hmm. uh, they're given an opportunity to say yes or no, and we are not. Uh, American fiction explores so much of what we're talking about uh, right now. I, I watched it last night. Very interesting film. I, I, what is it about? That's, that's the obvious question for the people who haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. So Core Jefferson is the writer-director. He's mm -hmm. a very accomplished writer. He wrote um, and with um, Damon Lindelof, the Watchmen series that we see with Regina mm -hmm. King. They put a whole reparation storyline in. It's because the great Core Jefferson was there on it and really strong uh, uh stable, let's just say, of writers, you know, a writer's room that could talk to it, and Damon Lindelof is right to, to include that. So he won the Emmy for that. He's been writing on Succession. He's done Late Night, um, but he hadn't directed. So he uh, he says the story that he suffered a great defeat. He was trying to do a, a series that didn't make it. He was so heartbroken during 2020. He's a reader, so he started reading book, and he read Percival Everett's Erasure. This is based on Percival Everett's amazing um, book, Erasure, and he said, I can see this as a film. And so he put his mind to that, and then he thought the whole time he's writing it, he heard Jeffrey Wright's voice. And he wrote Jeffrey Wright once he was finished and said, you know, I think this is you. I hope that you like the script, and I have no plan B. Jeffrey Wright at the time was grieving his mother, the loss of his mother, and uh, that's what also Core Jefferson had gone through. They're both men who were, born, who were raised by uh, women and uh, loved their mothers. And so Jeffrey Wright didn't get back right away, mm -hmm. but he eventually got back and said, you know what, let's see, let's try this out. Um, it's a magnificent script. It's funny on the page, which is hard to do to laugh out loud. Mm -hmm. He did it well, mm -hmm. and so um, he got his first choice there, and he started, and he had a list, and all his first choice you see in the movie, I am one of them. Coraline mm -hmm. plays the love interest of Jeffrey Wright's character, Monk. Monk is an author who wants to be seen as an author and not a black author. 
he's in the black session, but he's like, why am I not up there with everyone else? Mm -hmm. Why do I have to be in this section? I don't mm -hmm. think he would complain if he was there and in the uh, the African American section, but just just being the African American session set, uh, section is um, he feels dehumanized. He feels like he's not you know on par with his contemporaries. And that's what the story is about. It's about a man who's discontented. And I think in midlife, we can see and be sometime really restless with how our life has panned out thus far. And some people uh, can shift or pivot and be all right with it. Um, other people are like, no. And they raise hell and they want to do something that totally uh, turns it on his head. And he does. And that's what the story is about. Are you all about the NBA action? You've got to try Pick 6, the newest fantasy app from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Right now, new customers can earn a 100% instant deposit matchup to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Getting started is simple. Just download the DraftKings Pick 6 app and sign up with code BREAKFAST. Pick at least two players and choose if they'll have more or less of a stat, like will they score more or less than 30 points, or have more or less than eight assists. Lock them in and compete against others for a shot at huge cash prizes. Download the DraftKings Pick 6 app now and get started with Code Breakfast. New customers can earn a 100% instant deposit matchup to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Only on DraftKings Pick 6 with Code Breakfast. The crown is yours. One offer per new customer. Minimum $5 deposit to receive a match of up to $100 in Pick 6 credits. Non-withdrawable and valid for Pick 6 use only. Expire after 180 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? Yes. This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to European political systems class at Baruch College. Woo! Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Everyone in our country has a voice. It's something that says not just where you come from, but who you are. Welcome to NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of podcasts and a celebration of the hosts in journalism who've always spoken truth to power. Our voices are as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as the Black experience, and stories should never be about us without us. Find NPR Black Stories, Black Truths on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm John O'Brien, host of Money and Wealth on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I'm an entrepreneur and a businessman, some would call a thought leader. Now, every Thursday, my newest venture is educating you on how to win financially. Even better, I'm going to teach it in a way that, well, you can understand. No unexplained theories, no mundane lessons, no using 20 words when two will do. I'm going to meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. I'm giving you straight talk, relatable stories, and life lessons through my own experiences and the lens of others. We're not just talking about why financial freedom is important. We're focusing on how you can achieve it too. We all might have different starting points and end goals, but as long as we have the desire to acquire financial freedom, it can be done from the streets to the suites. Listen to Money and Wealth with John Hope Bryant every Thursday on the Black Effect Podcast Network iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? This your boy Jerry Clark, and I am the host of Storytime with Legendary Jerry Podcast. For the last 30 years, I have worked with some of your favorite artists, like Outkast, 
Killer Mike, Jeezy, Akon, Jermaine Dupree, and so many, many more. Storytime with Legendary Jerry isn't old to the South. Southern rap has had the game on lock for years, and now I'm telling you legendary stories of how we did it. Like Pastor Troy doing the ad-libs for one of Justin Timberlake's biggest hits. Whenever you listen to Cry Me a River, man, I'm all through them ad-libs on that song. It's that one Cry me a river, ah. Y'all hear this? to it, man. And what if I told you Jazzy Faye and CeeLo have an unreleased album just sitting in the vault waiting? Now, you and CeeLo had a group for a minute, man. Yeah, we had a whole album in the can. We got a, we have a whole album. Now I have partnered with iHeart Podcast to bring you one of the hottest podcasts in the game, telling you some of the most unheard stories in the music industry. Listen to Storytime with Legendary Jerry on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I play Coraline, his love interest. Now I got to say real quick that this the movie at first was called Fuck. The title was Fuck. Oh, like the book and the movie? Yes. Okay. The movie was called Fuck. Okay. So there we were filming it, thinking it was Fuck. But so when it came to me and they said, this director wants to speak to you. He thinks you'd be great for this role. You always want to be invited. It's wonderful to be invited to something. Mm-hmm. And I looked and it's Jeffrey Wright is the uh, lead character and you play his love interest. And I saw the word fuck on it. I said, my God, this is my nine and a half weeks. I'm going to be like Brando. We're going to be in blue light, just having sex, eating grapes and drinking wine, talking about deep stuff. It's fab. I waited my whole life. Let me start doing my ab work. Nah, I wasn't like that. You know, I get to snuggle on him and, you know, hump a little bit, you know. You know, I Imply that y'all just finished. You imply, yeah, you, know, yeah, yeah. you know, to rub, you know, lotion on myself. Mm-hmm. But other than that, nah, but I was excited because he not only invited me to play, but I knew that I was being asked to play against somebody I admired. And he was probably only asking me because he thought that when you go to the majors and you're in, you know, a major league, you know, team, that you yourself are a hitter mm-hmm. or you're a runner or you're this and you can be counted on. And so I felt like, yeah, I'm in my class, mm-hmm. heavyweight class. That's mm-hmm. where I'm supposed to be. Random question about a detail, because you just mentioned it. We was watching it last night, and after it was implied that y'all had just slept together, and I go, oh, I said to my wife, they're implying that they just slept together? And she was like, yeah, he's getting dressed, and she's putting lotion on her hand. <laughs> and you just said that, too. What, 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 what is the lotion on the hand for women? I don't know. I- women come up to me and say, we loved. We thought that was one of the best sex scenes we ever saw. I said, what <laughs> sex scene? You know, afterwards, when you put the lotion on your hands, they like the efficiency of that. What is the deal? Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put lotion on the hands after I, I never thought about it. She's washed up, yeah. and she's putting lotions on her hand to show that you know not that they've done something, but she's yeah, she's, she's clean. She just got out the shower. She's clean. She got out the shower. She's done her thing, and she's back in. You know, listen. It takes. Look, I don't know why. <laughs> I was ready to hump the man. Do you hear? Me? <laughs> I hear you. But it's a he detail. Is, it's, a, want, it's a detail women know clearly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially, it, I think, again, it's a mature relationship. Mm-hmm. We don't need to see him going to bed and bucking his back and doing all this. This ain't Jason Lyric. Yeah, yeah. It's something else. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We grown. That implies enough. And then we get on with a discussion about not love so much, but liking mm-hmm. and being and sort of saying, you know, there's is there a sim, symbiotic relationship here? Do we, do we feel the chemistry? Is that okay? That's mature. Mm-hmm. And I think people need to see that more often. Why, why, why did the title turn to American fiction then from fuck? And- well, apparently he was really strong on that. Court mm-hmm. was like, no, that's what it is. You know, I just got to stand by it. And then they started cutting it. And they said, look here, whenever we put it in, you know, the, this is when the, all those people start to get involved in marketing. If we put that word fuck in, porn comes up all the time. How we he really wanted right. to be synonymous with porn. And he said, you know what, let me think about it. So he says he went and, you know, smoked a little ganja, thought about it. And came up with a few. And American fiction was the one he chose. You know, they told me that about my first book because I wanted to name my first book uh, uh, "I Don't Give a Fuck" and neither should you, a self help guide on how not to give a fuck. And they told me that a book like that would never sell. You could never have the title "fuck." And then uh, Mark uh, Mark Marin comes out with uh, "The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck" and has sold millions of copies, international <laughs> bestseller there everywhere. You go. I think yeah. your instincts were right on. But mm-hmm. fear is fear. Did they make that based on solely the writing? Or were they actually factoring? They told me it wouldn't sell. Yeah. Color, no. Probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. Different person. Mm-hmm. We're always having to go through some kind of, you know, uh, thing that we don't understand. We we maybe can't see now. And as powerful as you are in the world, they will always lay that on you. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons I pushed back and named it. Well, I didn't push back, but I named it Black Privilege. Because I knew I love that the reason that I couldn't say fuck was because I was black. So black. I said black privilege. And still sold millions of copies. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But, but yeah. there you go. Yeah. I mean, but 
I, I mean, we, we'll never know. And, you know, you could start it off the whole, the whole kick to That's that. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what does the title American Fiction mean to the movie, you think? So American fiction being not true or, you know, mm -hmm. there's fact, mm -hmm. fiction, and there's non-fact, mm -hmm. uh, non-fiction, which is true. Um, what is the American fiction that's all around us? The fictional, def the definition of our lives around the, America's definition of us. Black people have had to carry that weight our entire time since we arrived in America throughout the enslavement, mm -hmm. after um, emancipation and the reconstruction, through civil rights, and now. There is a fiction around us, but that fiction is locked with American exceptionalism. So it's not just the, the idea that black people are working inside of an identity crisis. It was put upon them by people mm -hmm. who created the nigger. And we've adopted their, the language of our oppressors. That's when it's successful. That's when you know it works. I don't know any other people that have done that as successfully. Do you know a lot of Latinos who go around calling themselves wetbacks? One. Mm -hmm. We're, <sighs> I feel for us. Mm. You know, because I see the strength in sort of trying to take that word and reframe it. Mm -hmm. But can you reframe something that was meant to damage you from the core? Has it done its job the minute you start to reframe it toward yourself and your children, mm -hmm. and then they carry it on, and then the world adopts it for themselves? I don't know. But that's what American fiction is. Jeffrey Wright is playing a man who's saying that I am not that version. I'm, he, they're telling him that you're not writing books that are black enough, but who are they to say that he's not black enough? Mm -hmm. He's black. He's an author. That's his book. That's black enough. They didn't say that about our music. Mm -hmm. They just put Elvis up and he started shaking them legs. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Right. So, so that's what attracted you to this film, how strong and how powerful it is. Absolutely, in the writing. Cord Jefferson is a modern master and he's, a, he's made for this moment. Um, his, his road to being here mm -hmm. was through being a journalist. He was a White House journalist. So he didn't get here just overnight. And I think that helped him. I think that he didn't have, he had different voices in his head every time he was creating something. And he said he didn't want to do journalism anymore because they had him on the race beat. You want to write about Tray Trayvon Martin? You mm -hmm. want to write about this? He's like, you know, I'm a full person. I can write about more than racism. I know it's very important, but I have other things to say. So a lot of people have said that, that they've been forced into a position of having to carry that weight and, and they're happy to, but they don't want to always have to speak to it. Can't we have something that we just, you know, uh, talk about? There's tons of movies where they're not doing any of that. And, um, you know, at one time I was married to a writer, and he was, he was the first African-American to write a movie that made over $100 million. He wrote Eraser. Wow. Right. You sometimes just want to write Eraser, mm -hmm. you know, but uh, that's not, if you come at all from a racial, you know, uh, conversation, they will always try to put that on you, even when you're trying to talk about something else. You, you said something that made me think about the N-word. Like, I always tell myself I'm going to stop using that word because I never use it as a term of endearment. I use it as, I use it as the oppressor word. You know? Yes. I do. Yes. So that's one of the reasons. Like, I, I, don't, I don't feel the need to hold on to that, you know? I think we've forgotten who we are. Mm -hmm. And I think when we remember, we understand that maybe we've been brought across the ocean to make this case to live these lives so we can create a better tomorrow today. We're having conversations about voting. We're having conversations about the next election. And I always remember that black women are the Marines on the front line, but they don't want to always have to be. That's where men are supposed to be. They're supposed to see the clear and present danger and stop the wolf at the door from hurting the most vulnerable people. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. Black people are tired of that. They're like, I don't know if I'm going to do it. I said, what's your choice? Mm. Coulda, shoulda, woulda, work toward that. But right now you can see there's a danger at the door. That wolf stopped them. You're a warrior, you're a king. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to do that. That's what we were, that's what we have to do right now. Don't want to, hate it, but that's what we're doing. I don't want to have to keep talking about these things. I'm an actress. I would love to be a river runs through it. Remember when there was another movie that Meryl Streep did where she gets in and she's fighting somebody in a canoe mm -hmm. from taking her family. Love it. Let's do it. No. 
you're going to have to do this, Erica. You're dark-skinned and you're nappy-headed. You will not be Zendaya. You will not be Halle Berry anytime soon. You won't even be able to cross over. Thank God for Cord Jefferson, who saw me as being delicate and put me in more in a position to be desired. I needed that black man to step up to create the space to see me as a woman who could just chill and drink wine and have somebody seduce her and she seduce him. Mm-hmm. I get to drop my tomatoes, you see. That's mm-hmm. called meeting cute. <laughs> we meet cute. Meeting cute. Like Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks does. A black man saw that. And he took somebody who's usually hired as the hammers. The ham- Jeffrey, Jeffrey Wright is a hammer. I'm a hammer. Mm-hmm. You bring me in, it's like, let, what do you need done? He's like, you're a hammer, Erica. But we, I also see you as being desirable and beautiful and delicate. And we need some of those muscles. Work that out here. And so I lay in the cut a bit and do a little less of what I've been asked to do for over four decades. The movie got me to thinking how, you know, how hard is it to sell things of substance in Hollywood? You know, because then, and, you know, it got me to thinking about you as a creative because everything that you do is of substance and it has Thank intention you. behind it. So how hard is it to sell things of substance in, in Hollywood? Well, for somebody like me, it's near impossible because they're always going to, rate you as what you've done before. And if you haven't leveraged that power yet, they don't think you have it. Mm-hmm. So I needed somebody like you, Charlemagne, and Kevin Hart to hire us, the color farm part of me, who's got a company, to create something and, um, and get the opportunity. Because you're in rooms that I'm not. Mm-hmm. So we need men, mostly, who have those opportunities, having those conversations with cigars and cognac, to bring up the women and say, you know what? I'm going to make sure that I bring them to the table. They're always with me. Um, because which is so, you don't have those opportunities. Which is so fucked up because we're nowhere near as brilliant as you. <laughs> oh, no. You know what I mean? Like not you, even close. You certainly are. The thing is that you know that there's, there's, a, there's a, a wide sort of palette that we're missing if we don't bring our women in. And again, that's why I say black men are supposed to protect the most vulnerable. But they're also to lift and elevate them. And... If done well, we can change the world. Look at what 13% have done thus far. We are the world. Mm-hmm. We had white culture, European culture, impressed upon us. The world chooses our culture as their own. That's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. That's great power. And there used to be a time where black men, want, you wanted to be cool like them, and they became kind of dark and kind of angry, materialistic, and just grabby, grabby, and then I'll do this and selfish. What is that? We weren't doing that James Baldwin time. Malcolm X, you saw him at the door. That's a famous picture. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I'm not a strong woman not able to protect myself. I certainly mostly will. And I have no children of my own, but I will protect yours as my own. Mm-hmm. I vote for the village. So that's what we need. We need that whole thing to come together because I think if we start thinking and having conferences about how do we get past this, how can we stop looking at our, our, our great players die like dogs and not say anything. Mm-hmm. We have beautiful people like Whitney Houston and MJ and all these people just passing away. Those are our generals. Mm-hmm. We can't just come together when there's George Floyd and use them as props. Mm-hmm. We have to come together before to say, how not only can we protect you, how can we strengthen you? How can we give you financial management training? How can we show you what you, how can we say that your mental health not only matters, but you can tell us when you're not winning, when you're under stress because you don't have the dress to go to that place and you're ashamed and embarrassed to admit to people what you don't have. We need that for our, our, um, our people in our community. And it's not just us that we're lifting. We're lifting everybody. That's black. That's Latino. There's all of that. The Asians are now pushing forward. They got the gold house. Check out what they've done with the gold house. What, what, what is that? They're, they're, they say, well, they know how to support each other. We do too. Segregation. We had to support each other. That didn't die just because we got blown across the, you know, like a diaspora in America. But what happened is we stopped talking to each other and realizing that we need to support each other no matter where we live. And so we need more of that. And black men need to lead the way. You you are are points of power that we are not still. Mm -hmm. But black women are often told, you're the one saving us. 98% y'all voted. No, 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 no. Don't do that to black men. They need to be reminded that they put us in those slave dungeons because they wanted you to hear the screams of the women and the children and not be able to help them, and that would break your spirit before you got on the boat. And, and then they put them out and s- humiliated them, 
raped them in front of the women and children. So the women thought, no, I'm not, I'm going to protect black men. I'm not going to say anything. And they, they, they did that and often treated their children so hard that they didn't, people don't think that we have a core. They did that to, because they, they were losing their children all the time. So they created this hard coding. Mm-hmm. And when, then we have conversations now online about whether black women are too masculine. How dare they? Mm-hmm. Where were we supposed to be this idea of feminism that they want? Are we supposed to curl up and relax on the white couch with Miss Kardashian? More power to them. But when, did, when was that supposed to happen? We're doing that and we're saving the village and we're, um, we're, we're, we're trying to push forward on ourselves. And you see it when you see Stacey Abrams. You see it when you see Anna Presley. You see it when Katanji Brown. We need more of that. But black men need to understand that their place is not behind and this. It is in front because we can do it together. Mm-hmm. And we are raising your black children. Mm-hmm. That's, our, that's our goal in the world, not just black children. These children are markers of the world of how high up is they are the standard. Mm-hmm. So let's act like it. You know, the, 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 in American fiction, the one thing I wish that they would have explored more was why people liked the book fuck. Because like when y'all had the argument at the table, I thought you was about to tell him why you liked it. And he was about to have a revelation. But why don't you think they explored why people actually liked fuck more? Because that is a part of us too, is, is, is black people. Like we can be righteous and ratchet and we can blend the two maybe that's what she does because mm-hmm. maybe the mindlessness of it you're right they mm-hmm. should have had that conversation in it right now we're left to sort of uh, un- to think that jeffrey wright is by right uh writing great novels who knows they could suck they could be intellectual they could be they could be like a professor that's not really accessible mm-hmm. remember they said mm-hmm. he's closed off so maybe his novels are closed off mm-hmm. maybe when he allowed himself to go a little crazy during his you know his uh his anger moment where he writes the novel that's the closest he got to being open mm-hmm. and writing characters that allowed him to be because he had, he didn't have, you know, he didn't have any the, the, the stakes in the game that he puts on the other ones. You're right. We don't have the conversation. Um, you can send that complaint to Court Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> I can only speak so far for myself. <laughs> because I, cause I feel like, you know, do you, well, I'm going to ask you, do you think it's possible to put medicine in the candy to find that balance between substance and the bullshit? Because that's what I was hoping he did ultimately or that was the conclusion of the of the movie i think that that's what black people and people who are clever do all the time mm-hmm. is that they make it entertaining yet you're you're seeing something that could be really like questionable mm-hmm. dave chappelle does it all the time absolutely our yeah. comedians do it all the time so i believe that smugglers are important and they did that especially when they had the black codes on and they also when they were blacklisting jewish writers mm-hmm. and they had to you know uh be under aliases um they, they did all the time when they um, wanted to talk about things in the 70s. And they you thought you were seeing something different, but it was really just a different sort of way to go into mm-hmm. a subject that was maybe radi- more radioactive. So great creators have done it all the time. Black people have had to do it. Um, but, yeah. Have you ever a- attempted to do it? Or is, that, is that what you do with the comic books? Oh, that's what you want to do with the comic books and science fiction. That is the comic books. That's exactly it. So if you look to Concrete Park, Mm -hmm. which I did with Tony Perrier, the writer I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. you'll see that in there. Mm -hmm. You'll see how beautiful it is, Mm -hmm. frankly. You'll see how these gorgeous, beautiful, bodacious bodies are, you know, just made for, you know, being, uh, I don't know, in that that place where you have black nerds and white nerds and nerds. Mm -hmm. I I shouldn't say black nerds, just nerds Mm -hmm. overall. Mm -hmm. You'll dig it. But um, what they're talking about is, uh, you know, or since it's, Poor, it's youth off to another planet. Will they, rep- will they reproduce the uh, violence and the hostility and the uh, racism, or will they make something new? And that's Concrete Park. Mm-hmm. But look at Star Trek, same mm-hmm. thing. You know, Jane Roddenberry wanted to talk about race and those types of things, so he made a very colorful, diverse cast that is on the Starship Enterprise. And where mm-hmm. are they going to seek new life, new civilization, to mm-hmm. boldly go where no man has gone before, which mm-hmm. was his motto for. How do we get through this world being different? Well, well let's go someplace where everyone's different than, than humans. Mm. And let's see how they figure that out. With their prime, you know, um, uh, thing that they can is that they can't, they can't interrupt the, the, uh, the new civilization. They're not supposed to disrupt them. They're not supposed to come in and change things, which is difficult mm-hmm. because everywhere he went, he was tested. Mm-hmm. We were tested. Uhura. Ah, you know, all that. You needed that. 
we're welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the coaches surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give us his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. CJ will be bringing his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoop takes. Plus, John will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show as well to give their unfiltered accounts of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to the European Political Systems class at Baruch College. Woo! Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. And looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Everyone in our country has a voice. It's something that says not just where you come from, but who you are. Welcome to NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of podcasts and a celebration of the hosts in journalism who've always spoken truth to power. Our voices are as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as the Black experience, and stories should never be about us without us. Find NPR Black Stories, Black Truths on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm John O'Brien host of Money and Wealth on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I'm an entrepreneur and a businessman, some would call a thought leader. Now, every Thursday, my newest venture is educating you on how to win financially. Even better, I'm going to teach it in a way that, well, you can understand. No unexplained theories, no mundane lessons, no using 20 words when two will do. I'm going to meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. I'm giving you straight talk relatable stories and life lessons through my own experiences and the lens of others. We're not just talking about why financial freedom is important. We're focusing on how you can achieve it too. We all might have different starting points and end goals, but as long as we have the desire to acquire financial freedom, it can be done from the streets to the suites. Listen to Money and Wealth with John Hope Bryant every Thursday on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? This your boy, Jerry Clark, and I am the host of Storytime with Legendary Jerry Podcast. For the last 30 years, I have worked with some of your favorite artists, like Outkast, Killer Mike, Jeezy, Akon, Jermaine Dupree, and so many, many more. Storytime with Legendary Jerry is an ode to the South. Southern rap has had the game on lock for years, and now I'm telling you legendary stories of how we did it. Like Pastor Troy doing the ad-libs for one of Justin Timberlake's biggest hits. Whenever you listen to Cry Me a River, man, I'm all through them ad-libs on that song. It's that one, one, cry me a river, ah. Y'all hear this? Listen to it, man. And what if I told you Jazzy Faye and CeeLo have an unreleased album just sitting in the vault waiting? Now, you and CeeLo had a group for a minute, man. Yeah, we had a whole album in the can. We We have a whole album. Now I have partnered with iHeart Podcast to bring you one of the hottest podcasts in the game, telling you some of the most unheard stories in the music industry. Listen to Storytime with Legendary Jerry on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, I, 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 you know, Eric, I think you're just brilliant. I love everything mm-hmm. you do. Like, find, like Finding Tamika was... Did we do Big Payback before Finding Tamika? Yeah, we did okay. Big Payback so first. Big Payback, Ow! we did that with big, the Black Effect. Yes. Phenomenal podcast that turned into a documentary. Yes. Right? And yes. then Finding Tamika that we put out on uh, Audible, myself and Kevin Hart. You won a Webby for Best Podcast Series Documentary. 
uh, Audible's Best in True Crime, and you won the DuPont Award for Excellence in Journalism. How, how, how did that make you feel? Talk about the impact of finding to me. Well, let's correct that. We won. Yes, yeah. absolutely. We won it together. Mm -hmm. It was a great collaboration. We wouldn't have gotten that far without the power and strength that you provided and Kevin provided and the leverage that, that, that matters. Thank and you. certainly to the Houston family mm -hmm. for allowing us to be intimate with them and uh, tell, sell that story. What was the question? What was the impact of that? How was the impact? How did it make you huge. feel? What was the yeah. It was a huge. So there's a Black and Missing Foundation. They've mm -hmm. been doing this type of work for a long time. And it helped tell their story. And they had been um, featured in an, another documentary. But it also talked about this thing that up until that point, people didn't really know what it was about, which is um, white, the white women's missing syndrome, missing white women's syndrome. Mm -hmm. um, why do we do that? We're talking about that now, the fiction that everybody, if you, if you get missing, everyone's going to come to find you. No, but they're not. And they're really going to not come to find you if you're dark skinned and all that other stuff and live in a certain area. They're not going to find you. They're not even going to find you if you're cubed. Because mm -hmm. Tamika was beautiful, mm -hmm. absolutely in lighter color. Her mm -hmm. she she's had a background of being Ethiopian and and uh, mixed like that. Um, but they will find that blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl, mm -hmm. and our obsession with that. So the impact was even explaining a little bit what it was. But we made a neo-noir ghost story. Mm -hmm. We knew immediately because you know you want to make sure that the audience knows they're invited. That we had to frame it in a way that we could build audience, that we could build awareness. That's your mandate mm -hmm. is to create something that. The, the entire, because um, um, the, the, if you're not using the power well, then you, you're just placing it within That's one right. category. But no, we knew that we had to make it entertaining. So the neo-noir ghost story was because Tamika kept showing up as a ghost in her own story. Mm. And neo-noir is a genre that can actually encapsulate all those different things. She's the femme fatale. Mm. She's the person we're trying to find. She's the naive. I'm the naive in it, the narrator going through. She's also the detective. She's still looking to uh, find herself in the world, and she helped them, the um, law enforcement, mm -hmm. find her right. through strangers mm. who came and said, Tamika visited me, and she's here, and it found her. So I said, what can do that? Noir. Noir is a genre that can do that. So we mm. did that. We just put the things that were wow. there, but you got to be aware of them, and I think that that helps to talk about more about the sophisticated level that it rose to. I think that that helped change mm -hmm. things. That f The way that we did it created a way to talk about something to say, look at how popular that was. Mm -hmm. And that was a black woman's story that you didn't want to put nationally. That's right. But we did it, and we did it several years after we knew the end of her case. Mm -hmm. So we didn't even need the mystery of that. We just found, we just were looking for her. Who is she in all of this? Because we know that black girls don't have to, black girls and women don't have to go missing for us not to see them. So we looked for her. That was important. I think that changed uh, things. But also, the fact that black women and men could go missing and now there's an awareness about the lack mm -hmm. of support that comes to them. Now we can talk about it mainstream. And people, when we were in that room at the DuPont Columbia Awards, um, um, what are they called? The, 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 that managed the uh, the radio stations. Program directors? Program directors mm -hmm. came up and said, um, I did that, and now I won't. Mm -hmm. They passed on those emails. Mm. Wow. That's what it's changing. It mm -hmm. needs to change behavior. Mm -hmm. Also, White House. Mm -hmm. The White House started looking at different designation. We went to the White House with Rebecca and the Black and Missing Foundation, and they started looking at how they're designated as runaways too often, mm -hmm. actually most of the time. Um, also, the Amber Alert. There's an Amber Alert, and then there's one for older people, but nothing in between. Why isn't there? So they're looking to change legislation and bring in new legislation or to partner with people who are doing that to push it forward. That's the change. The best change are some things that are systemic. Mind change is huge, but we got all of the above. And I remember you saying something on Finding Tamika where you said anybody who helped Tamika with this case, they were elevated, like their, their careers Ooh. and things were elevated and so when i look at the success that finding tamika had all the awards it won i'm looking at you know i feel like you're getting your flowers in a real way and it's That's just true. like okay tamika tamika wasn't playing no she wasn't playing <laughs> at all she wasn't playing and she was a strong entity now look i come from a religious background mm -hmm. i'm not religious myself but i am spiritual and i asked her please not to visit me i said i see you're doing that but i'm not the, i'm mm -hmm. too vulnerable please did she listen she did okay, okay. she actually visited jt a green mm -hmm. who did the um, audio and was 
um, um, fantastic um, wow. with it. And she said he would, actually they now, would say that she, he, she came behind me and put her hands on my shoulders wow. and I could feel her there. Mm. I said, are you freaking kidding me? I hope she don't do that to me. I don't need that. You know what I mean? So, you know, that, that it's a beautiful thing. But, um, yes, elevated. Mm-hmm. Yes, I can say that this has been a magnificent wow. years. But also it's because I'm doing something that people believe in me. They're asking me to come because they think I have something to offer, but they also are not coming to the door questioning whether I can do it or not. You didn't question that. Mm-hmm. You just called me and said, Queen, you want to do a reparations podcast? Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you said, you know, remember that other thing? I got a deal. Mm-hmm. We do it over here. It's done. Mm-hmm. I can do the hard work of thinking about how to get it done. But you've done the hardest work of building your career so I can get it done. Mm-hmm. And then allowing us to do it and giving us the freedom not to make mistakes but to blossom. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you have that kind of support in your life, you know, it's, 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 um, it's like an athlete saying, run. You can run now. Mm. You've trained enough. Wow. Run. I can win if I can run. Do, do awards matter to you? Because yes. you know, I know American Fiction. She said, "Yeah, it's no question." Yes. Yeah, because American Fiction was even nominated for Best Motion Picture Musical Comedy at the Golden Globes, and they talk. I saw you on Tamron Hall, and they're talking about Oscar buzz around your role in American Fiction. So mm-hmm. they do matter. Mm-hmm. Charlamagne, I wish they didn't. Mm-hmm. But this world puts a premium on people who win awards. Mm. And I think if we can't make content that is uniquely on a black subject, Mm -hmm. a subject that has a black person in it and has agency and can't prove that we can make the dollars, that's another award, box office and awards, Mm -hmm. then they'll keep putting us in the cultural ghetto. Mm. And we can't afford to be there anymore. So I think that it's all right for us to to shoot for it, Mm -hmm. but we need to acknowledge how many people never got those awards and we're Mm -hmm. still inside of that. So if you look at the great Felicia Rashad, who never got an Emmy for That's her work, crazy. Wow. Patricia Heaton got eight for Everybody Loves Raymond. No shade to her. Where's Felicia's? Where's Cecily Tyson before they gave her uh, an honorary, honorary. Oscar? Mm-hmm. Angela Bassett. Exactly. Why? What is that? So no, those awards matter, and people want them because they think it's going to also help their trajectory of their of their work. Um, Lou Gossett said it didn't help at all. It said it ruined his career. Mm. I think so. I don't want to speak for him. He's still here to speak for himself. But I think it was because suddenly people didn't want to pay him what he was worth. They didn't want mm. to, oh, well, the, next. Remember I told you, like, next, you asking mm. for too much. Really? Are we? From the great Lou Gossett? So it's, I think, a catch-22. We need to, do, to have it. We shouldn't expect it. And don't be brokenhearted if that happens. The award is the love that you get from the audience. Every day I go out whether it's at the bank or otherwise, I get love from mm-hmm. everybody. Jewish, black, white, all of that. Every, every um, in between, it doesn't matter the, you know, whether it's uh, working class, all of that. That's sustained me and mm-hmm. I will forever be grateful for that. That is payment. And I think that Taraji understood that. The love. But she wants what she's earned. We'd like what we earned. And we're demanding it, but we have no way to get there. Mm-hmm. And that's frustrating because people think, oh, you're just high-paid, spoiled children. Really? Artists? Most artists can barely make enough to get their insurance. And that's like $24,000, $25,000 a year mm-hmm. from SAG. 89% of the union does not work. So we're spoiled, but... It's good enough to call when you need to talk about something that matters to the world to get the word out. We, we're, your, we're, your, we're your mouthpieces. Shame on America mm-hmm. that they're in such a way that creatives could go underfunded, undervalued. But also shame on them for denying something that they do to a particular class of people overall and not understanding that that's not just happening to us. If it's happening to you in corporate America, that is corporate America. You just happen to see what we do for a living, but not like you might see what Hannity does for a living. Is he spoiled? <laughs> Are all these pundits spoiled mm-hmm. who, who constantly say, well, you know, that's not kitchen table. That's, that's a, that we we want to go to flyover country. You've flown over us all the time, mm-hmm. but we made it anyway, selling out the back of our cars. You see that these men have created whole genres from, from um, Louis Armstrong, who was an orphan on the street in New Orleans, no, 
we 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 not only earned it all, we deserve it all. Mm-hmm. I asked uh, Miss uh, Ava Duvernay, Ava Duvernay this the other day, how many more labels of love do you have in you? Ooh, Lord, Erica. that's what it feels like. All <laughs> these labels of love. How many? What did she say? I think she said none. She said yeah. I'm over. I'm pretty sure she said I don't have any more. I'm done. Mm-hmm. I feel like that. I think that's what she said, right? And she's a marketing genius. I'm tired. Yeah. She said, I'm, I'm tired. tired. Yeah. yeah, she's a marketing genius, Nick. She said marketing genius, mm-hmm. and she's used all of her, her powers, mm-hmm. her powers for good. Um, she needs more support, and we she need we need to understand what she's up against. She's even mm-hmm. created a place that you go to that trains filmmakers. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's powerful. But uh, who could do that and keep it up? Mm-hmm. And that's why I say, she's a black woman that needs help from black men. She's a black woman who needs help from black men who have access to power. And that's white America. Mm-hmm. Those are children's books? What you got there? Oh, oh yeah, thank you. So mm-hmm. listen, we're talking about books and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, so my mother wrote a book, Io. So wow. I brought one for each of you for oh, your families. Thank you, thank, thank, you. You, thank you, thank you. Your family's library. Io and the Rainbow family. Forest. And the Rainbow Forest. That's great, Sammy Alexander. Excuse me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Sammy Alexander, the twice orphan woman I speak about a lot. Mm-hmm. She's a teacher and an educator, and that was important to her. And I'm helping her while she's 82 years old oh, wow. to get her ideas out there. So that's Io. Show them the back, Charlemagne, so they can see. That's amazing. That wow. uh, that Jacob, uh, what is the, the illustrator's name right now? Uh, Jacob Duncan. Yeah, Jacob Duncan did wow. from North Carolina. Uh, nice young illustrator did that. And then also Grandma's Hand. This is a friend. This is the Bill Withers family. Mm-hmm. And so mm. um, he's passed away. But Thank Grandma's you. Hand, we Grandma's Hands. Yeah. He's done a book and... Um, after he's passed away about it, and so I make sure it gets into as many hands as possible, and we build our libraries that way. You guys are both uh, great builders of, uh, of families and communities, so I wanted to make sure you had that. Thank Plus, you. I got well, to plug so my much. mama's book. There you go. Oh, I, got, I, got, I, got, I, got, I got maybe two more questions, but really one okay. more. Nikki Haley said America isn't a racist country, right? Do you think the decision makers in Hollywood believe that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who she was talking to. Mm-hmm. You know what? No, they you know what? They act like there there isn't racism, mm-hmm. but that's that's what keeps it going. Is that people want to act like and these are people often that have been the most persecuted people on the earth. We can't act like it's not there. We can't afford to. Um, and her standing that up and and not facing it is making her look weak. And uh, nobody wants a woman who is weak. They mm-hmm. already have that you know, in in the negative. Mm-hmm. But the fact that she's taken that stance is, uh, especially coming from South Carolina, your mm-hmm. home state, mm-hmm. is um, is disgusting. Mm-hmm. She should know better. Also, she's an East Indian woman, an American, yes. Mm-hmm. She knows what's behind it. If she doesn't get to be president, it'll be because she's not a woman and also that she's not, that she's a brown woman. Mm-hmm. So she can ignore that if she wants to. But the party she's going to need to help her cannot afford to ignore that. Mm. All right. Well, we appreciate you for joining us as always. Erica Alexander, so much. Make sure you go out there and see American Fiction. That's right. Make sure you go uh, listen to Finding Tamika on Audible. Check out the uh, big payback on the Black Effect iHeartRadio podcast network. And Erica, just you, I, I about to say keep being brilliant, but you ain't got no choice. That's right. Like, God made you what <laughs> you are. Thank you. <laughs> you, know, the, 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 you know, God willing and the creek don't rise and with help, collaboration. Mm-hmm. All is possible. So thank you, Charlemagne. Absolutely. Thank you, DJ Envy. Thank you. For all that you're doing for the culture and all that you mean to us and for giving me this platform this morning. Well, thank you for joining us. We appreciate you. Erica Alexander, ladies and gentlemen, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Wake that ass up. In the morning. The Breakfast Club. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly-veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated, we're just dropping into a woman's world. 
I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Everyone in our country has a voice. It's something that says not just where you come from, but who you are. Welcome to NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of podcasts and a celebration of the hosts in journalism who've always spoken truth to power. Our voices are as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as the Black experience, and stories should never be about us without us. Find NPR Black Stories, Black Truths on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm John O'Brien, host of Money and Wealth on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I'm an entrepreneur and a businessman. Now, every Thursday, my newest venture is educating you on how to win financially. Even better, I'm going to teach it in a way that, well, you can understand. I'm going to meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. We all might have different starting points and end goals, but as long as we have the desire to acquire financial freedom, it can be done. Listen to Money and Wealth with John Hope Bryant every Thursday on the Black Effect Podcast Network iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? This your boy, Jerry Clark, and I am the host of Storytime with Legendary Jerry Podcast. For the last 30 years, I have worked with some of your favorite artists, like Outkast, Killer Mike, Jeezy, Akon, Jermaine Dupri, and so many, many more. Storytime with Legendary Jerry is an ode to the South. Southern rap has had the game on lock for years. And now I'm telling you legendary stories of how we did it. Listen to Storytime with Legendary Jerry on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.